chapter ten part two of woman suffrage and politics this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. woman suffrage and politics the inner story of the suffrage movement by carrie chapman cat and nettie rogers schuler the invisible enemy part two the brewers promptly entered into the five years agreement previously noted to provide more money and accepted the proposal of percy andree chief of a publicity bureau for the brewers association to increase organization it was in an executive session of the united states brewers association held in atlantic city in october nineteen thirteen that he urged this new policy he announced that arrangements were already completed whereby the venture would be made operative under his direction he did not take the brewers into his confidence as to how the plan was to be put into execution i must have a free hand he said no one who realizes the character and the magnitude of the work i have undertaken will believe that it could be accomplished under any other conditions an army and it is an army if you please that is to be called into existence must have a leader what hope would there be for the success of an undertaking involving alliances which the slightest misconstruction of our intentions would place in jeopardy if i were obliged to herald all details to the world which i would be doing if i confided them to the knowledge of several hundred men the general plan however was made clear and involved two main features one to rely no longer upon contributions and favors as the sole means of controlling parties and politicians but to add the threat of large blocks of voters which would go for or against the party or candidate who did not do the bidding of the trade two to build up organizations chiefly to be recruited from the foreign population having the appearance of voluntary bodies with public-spirited aims but in reality existing solely to defend the trade these organizations were designed not only to join in the general propaganda but to provide the army of voters which was expected to awe parties and politicians into a proper degree of subserviency mr andre e was authorized to proceed upon the policy that the foreign vote should be organized in order to control elections and legislation the experiment about to be tried was not new and had already proved itself it had organized the russian vote against woman suffrage in the dakotas the german vote in nebraska missouri and iowa the negro vote in kansas and oklahoma the chinese vote in california the most important organizing done along this line was that which resulted in the national association of commerce and labor mr andre e organized it and became its president it appeared to be a business man's organization and exerted great influence in consequence upon national and state political parties its staff 
salaries were forty six thousand dollars per year and its workers were mainly ex-state senators and representatives with these precedents to encourage similar activities innumerable societies sprang up every state with a prohibition or suffrage campaign had its inevitable accompaniment of home rule societies personal liberty leagues travelling men's or merchants leagues men's anti-suffrage associations odd infinitum with object and sponsorship concealed the seemingly spontaneous outburst of public protest exerted an influence often widespread and effective the allied organization that performed the deadliest work in woman's suffrage campaigns was the german-american alliance it was organized in nineteen o one and chartered in nineteen o seven and although the leading german brewers were influential members from the beginning it is probable that it was not organized originally either for the purpose of defending the liquor traffic or for pro-german propaganda its charter was taken away by unanimous vote of congress in nineteen eighteen upon proved charges that it was in part supported by the brewers and that some of its officers were engaged in dangerous pro-german activities yet the rank and file of the membership however obedient to the systematized direction of their votes were probably quite unaware of the illegal part the organization was playing in american politics at the national convention of this german organization in san francisco in nineteen eleven a membership of two million five hundred thousand persons and ten thousand branches were claimed there were at the time seven hundred german newspapers in the country the national bulletin the national organ of the alliance was resuscitated by the brewers its organizing committees in ohio iowa texas indiana and probably other states were assisted financially by the brewers and when in nineteen fourteen a headquarters and a lobby were established in washington the brewers paid the rent each state german alliance had a political committee which received direct from the liquor campaign managers a ticket to be supported at each election meanwhile an active campaign by letter and circular as well as through meetings was maintained in states holding elections to persuade all germans to register and vote in texas missouri iowa north dakota south dakota nebraska wisconsin michigan this organized german liquor vote was hurled into woman suffrage referenda campaigns with the unerring accuracy claimed for it the combination of the german-american alliance with the liquor trade making a well-nigh all-controlling political power in these states an important feature of the plan for utilizing the foreign-born vote was the sub rosa campaign to increase naturalization the fees often being paid by the liquor forces under subpoena documents and proceedings showed that this had been done in several states in texas where foreign citizens were allowed to vote on first papers the campaign took the direction of urging germans to pay their poll tax in order that they might vote joseph keller chairman of the propaganda committee of the german-american alliance reported to percy andrei that the anti-prohibitionists had gained seventy thousand votes through the payment of the poll tax probably the most ambitious venture along this line was in pennsylvania where special headquarters were established for the purpose of giving the appearance of labor offices 
with names of leading labor leaders on the doors thither men were urged to go and their naturalization was facilitated by liquor money for the purpose of gaining more votes under control upon cross-examination mr gardiner president of the pennsylvania brewers admitted that the electorate had been increased there by two or three hundred thousand votes although jim said he could do better than that the liquor trade was non-partisan and made its combination with any or all parties henry thuinen general counsel of republican iowa's brewers association reported to percy andre e june nineteen fourteen that the republican nominations for governor and lieutenant governor were very satisfactory as were the democratic nominations the democratic nominations for the united states senator and for congress were equally gratifying for all the big offices we won in every instance this being the first time that the so-called andrei system of organization was put into practice in iowa you are to be congratulated upon results with the continued application of the system of organization we have commenced in iowa it cannot be more than one or two battles until we will find ourselves in possession of the fort i am sure that if we continue this work through another or at least two more campaigns we will be practically in a position to dictate legislation on the liquor question it should be plain by now why it was that when suffragists turned from the closed door of congress to seek justice by state action they found that legislative doors were also closed nay more mysteriously locked suffragists approached their task with the exultation of a belief that theirs was a righteous reform demanded by the great destinies of the human race in the beginning they regarded the opposition they met as normal inertia to be overcome but in later years the end of many campaigns left them prostrated with amazed despair for with the years came the clearer comprehension of the invisible and devious but monstrous force against which suffrage was contending the legislative anti-suffrage work of the liquor interests began by simple processes the first move was to fix the committee to which a suffrage bill was referred and this they or some other mysterious power were able to do in nearly three-fourths of the suffrage legislative campaigns an overworked committee a crowded legislative calendar were the explanations given to women workers while the bargains which brought the result were made without witnesses behind closed doors if the suffrage bill was likely to be reported out by the committee to which it had been referred work was begun on the legislators very often the legislative campaign was confined to the senate a smaller body where a single man or small group of men could be a sufficient balance of power to ensure an adverse vote the liquor lobbyist worked with economy and concentrated his efforts on a few men who held key positions in the legislature the member who believed that his political future depended upon getting a bill through the legislature often traded his vote on suffrage for that of a liquor or railroad man who favored his pet measure men who could not be bought were definitely influenced by the knowledge that generous contributions were made to the state and national campaign committees of their party by representatives of the trade and that blocks of voters alienated from party support would mean party defeat with these thoughts in their minds they were readily persuaded that women could wait for the vote cajolery promises of assistance in coming campaigns presents to wives attentions to relatives and friends business financial and political preferment were all among the methods employed 
if the legislative poll showed a majority by these means no others were applied if however a few votes were still necessary to make the majority the third degree of politics was brought to bear intimidation threats to make or break men and out and out bribery were the methods used at this stage the women in time learned to know the signs but they had incomplete proof to offer the public neither knew nor wanted to know after every legislative term the reports of state suffrage auxiliaries to the national suffrage association bore a remarkable similarity of testimony the full force of the statements of any one became apparent only when taken in connection with all the others men who wanted to go straight compromised with their consciences in that shady political borderland lying between honesty and dishonesty an illustration chosen for many on file explains the difficulties of such men it came from a state wherein manufacturers railroads and liquor interests had each of their great political battles and where all three worked together to secure the desired aims of any one wrote the state suffrage officer february nineteen seventeen that the senators meant to vote for the suffrage bill when they first came to we believe they said to us and to each other that they were pledged to it the women anti-suffragists who appeared at the hearing seemed to have made no impression various senators told us so repeatedly yet gradually senators began to weaken one senator who spoke and voted for our bill said you know i suppose that it was the liquor interests which were responsible for the death of the bill many others said the same thing but no man will come out in the open and make a charge against the wet interests and back it up for they are too afraid of those interests a senator who had openly espoused the bill in this legislature and pledged himself to vote for it not only voted but made a speech against it this was a matter of frequent occurrence but this senator gave an interview to the women to whom he had pledged his support unusual for its frankness said he the client giving me most business is a manufacturer who is tied up with the liquor interests the most powerful newspaper in the town gives me all its legal business but the newspaper is wet in policy and also opposed to woman's suffrage if i become too pronounced as a champion of woman's suffrage the liquor interests would put the screws on the manufacturer and he in turn would notify me that he had found it convenient to seek legal counsel elsewhere the newspaper would let me know that my services could be dispensed with i have a nice home a little ford for business and pleasure and two sons to educate i cannot afford to lose the patronage of my two best-paying clients he added that he had often regretted that he was not a man of wealth and thus could be independent nowhere does the rule self-preservation as the first law of nature show itself more conspicuously than in politics the liquor trades representatives systematically proceeded with faith in the claim that every man has his price from that base were projected the methods by which legislatures were controlled the liquor trade also made allies of other special interests seeking legislative protection or privilege and successes were frequently due to this combination liquor railroad manufacturers cattle sheep and packers lobbies were among the allied interests none had trouble in every state nor in every legislature but all had their big political campaigns which frequently resulted in 
regularly employed counsel for the liquor interests being nominated as representatives of the people by the controlling party and being elected by unsuspecting voters to seats in the legislature within the legislative forum such men fought the battles of those who paid them when two or three were engaged upon measures in the same legislature each having a group of legislators at command it was usually easy to effect a union of forces whereby the trading of votes secured more certain results for all by no other theory is the opposition to woman suffrage by railroad lobbies for instance to be explained and for many years railroad lobbies were a hostile factor that suffragists constantly encountered to illustrate an investigation into railroad political activities by the new hampshire public service commission in april nineteen sixteen was summed up in a public report it revealed that men employed for the purpose of defending the interests of the boston and maine railroad had also the secret purpose of opposing woman suffrage and one of these men while drawing a salary from the railroad drew another from the state as delegate to the constitutional convention of nineteen thirteen where he served as floor leader against woman suffrage while the investigating commission was unable to present a complete account of the political activities of the railroad since no minutes contracts or financial reports could be found and the railroad representatives refused to remember yet enough was revealed to establish the fact that the boston and maine expended considerable money in the effort to prevent the submission of woman suffrage by the new hampshire constitutional convention of nineteen twelve the suffrage workers of the state reported at the time that three agencies opposed their measure a railroad lobby a liquor lobby and a manufacturer's lobby the resolution to submit a woman suffrage amendment was defeated two hundred and eight to one hundred and forty nine but not until the revelations of nineteen sixteen four years later was the part taken in the campaigns by the railroad lobby made manifest after the state of washington in nineteen ten and california in nineteen eleven had slipped into the suffrage column an apparent challenging of the national brewers admonition to keep to an underground policy on women's suffrage appeared in many states and the liquor forces more boldly displayed their hostility to woman suffrage in the following year nineteen twelve when six states arizona oregon wisconsin kansas michigan and ohio see stories of states for part liquor interests played in their campaigns had referenda campaigns on suffrage amendments the trade so far abandoned its previous policy of the still hunt as to become the most conspicuous opponent in each state consternation was aroused in the liquor camps when the press headlines the morning after the first election in which women had participated in illinois announced that woman suffrage had closed one thousand saloons public expressions of liquor resentment became instantly bolder at the annual meeting of the national retail dealers association that year neil bonner the president said in his address we need not fear the churches the men are voting the old tickets we need not fear the ministers for the most part they follow the men of the churches we need not fear the y m c a for it does not do aggressive work but gentlemen we need to fear the woman's christian temperance union and the ballot in the hands of women therefore gentlemen fight woman suffrage in nineteen fourteen there were seven state amendment campaigns five of which were lost 
it is noteworthy that all trade papers within those states openly opposed the amendments the general character of their pronouncements may be set forth in a few examples progress the official organ of the wisconsin state retail dealers protective association published at watertown wisconsin and describing itself on its editorial page as an educational journal covering every phase of the retail wholesale liquor and brewing industries devoted much space and energy in nineteen twelve to the suffrage campaigns then in progress in wisconsin and michigan and was a fair example of many liquor trade papers one editorial caption was give ballots to women and industry goes to smash the article continued if women get the ballot it means prohibition it means that the farmer must stop growing corn must stop growing rye and must stop growing barley it means that the breweries must suspend business it means that the saloons must close the condition is serious woman's suffrage means prohibition it is the duty of all men of this state who love their home their family their liberty their rights and their citizenship to go to the polls on november five and vote against this constitutional amendment the champion of fair play chief liquor organ of illinois kept a standing article urging every member of the liquor dealers association of that state to bring all possible pressure from every quarter to defeat the woman suffrage bill which passed in nineteen thirteen the national form of butte montana was particularly aggressive that year in the april number an article a little plain talk urged more activity against woman suffrage right now the question of woman suffrage is before the people of this state if it carries the saloons and breweries are doomed if suffrage carries the advocates of the movement will not be to blame the blame will be at the door of the saloon man and brewer it will not be a case of homicide but it will be a clear case of suicide together we assist and by united effort woman's suffrage can be defeated but divided the saloons and breweries of montana will be matters of history within a few years meantime the old policy of cloaked activity was not entirely abandoned on january fourteenth nineteen fourteen h d fox secretary of the united states brewers association wrote the fred miller brewing company of milwaukee in answer to an inquiry as to what was being done in regard to woman's suffrage and the spring elections of illinois in regard to the matter of woman's suffrage we are trying to keep from having any connection with it whatever we are however in a position to establish channels of communication with the leaders of the anti-suffrage movement for our friends in any state where suffrage is an issue i consider it most dangerous to have the retailers identified or active in any way in this fight as it will be used against us everywhere the illinois brewers had a meeting last week and while i have no definite particulars i understand that they have made plans for a very active campaign in connection with the spring elections as the suffrage and prohibition campaigns whirl faster and faster a change of position on suffrage was advocated for the liquor interests in nineteen fourteen m michelson proposed to hugh t fox secretary of united states brewers association plans for placing the brewers squarely on the side of progress the ally of the social reformer and proceeded under the head woman's suffrage as follows nothing it seems to me can be more short-sighted than the policy of the brewers in some states in actively opposing and therefore arousing the hostility of what is undoubtedly the most fanatical of all groups in american politics to-day by leaving out of consideration its indirect power there can be no question that suffrage 
will be extended to many more states within the next year this means that the voting population of those states will be doubled in some of the suffrage states prohibition will come and there will be the question of compensation to the brewer why arouse the antagonism of one half the voters why not educate them and before they have the vote i think the answer is to be found in the new republic of august twenty one the new republic does not believe in the methods employed by the texas brewers who masquerading under the name of farmers union at all attack woman's suffrage the methods of the texas business men's association furnish an excellent example of how public opinion is poisoned against woman suffrage the new republic is quoted in newspapers throughout the country is opposed to prohibition yet publishes editorials that can be used by the prohibitionists and refuses to get material from the brewers because of the position taken by the brewers towards woman's suffrage it is true that in some states the brewers may be able to successfully fight woman's suffrage for years but those few should not be allowed to sacrifice the industry in other states where suffrage is strong m michelson the new republic's reference to the texas businessmen's association quoted above bore on a line of anti-suffrage activity that developed in nineteen fifteen and was especially directed to the four eastern states new york pennsylvania massachusetts and new jersey where suffrage campaigns were in progress investigation revealed that in texas a farmers union had gained a large membership and then extended itself into a national farmers union peter radford and w d lewis were successive presidents and apparently engaged in a private enterprise by establishing a publicity bureau paid for by those who desired to distribute propaganda a texas businessmen's association was operated by these same men and the publicity activities of the two organizations were interchangeable the evidence made clear that contributions from railroads brewers retail liquor dealers telephone telegraph electric oil gas and packing companies supported the publicity free plate was issued to rural papers it carried propaganda favorable to all its supporters and against woman suffrage the investigation led to the repudiation of the men by the farmers union in a short time the same service was again instituted under the name of the agricultural and commercial press service under different direction a national council of the farmers cooperative association with headquarters in nebraska and a grain dealers association with headquarters in north dakota were instituted and issued similar press services the open campaign of self-defense conducted by the liquor forces can be respected as the unquestioned privilege and right of all who seek to convince public opinion the pointed issue is that the liquor interests did not rely upon open propaganda but upon secret maneuvers for results and in this field no moral law no democratic principle no right of majorities was recognized while its activities were suspected by all observers of political events proof was lacking and its power was so intricately bound up with partisan politics that none but the prohibitionists and not all of them dared proclaim the truth the party machine was an instrument perfectly suited to the uses of the liquor trade and the boss was a powerful ally the boss and the machine made the trade secure for many years and the trade lengthened and strengthened the rule of the boss and the machine together they disciplined parties and dictated platforms and tickets 
no party dared inaugurate war on this power to do so meant its own certain defeat since the trade would make an inevitable alliance with its rival neither dominant party has ever endorsed either prohibition or its enforcement in a national platform the power of this gigantic political machine allying itself with the republican organization in connecticut massachusetts and pennsylvania with the democratic organization in texas oklahoma and nebraska making connections with both in iowa missouri illinois new york and choosing candidates from both tickets when no alliances could be made with party managers recognizing loyalty to none and serving no cause but its own will never be measured in the end it defeated its own purposes men who conscientiously believed in moderate drinking found themselves aligned with a political condition they could not tolerate men who believed in total abstinence but not prohibition found their position equally untenable women were aroused and made resentful by the attitude of the trade on the question of their enfranchisement in the long run the prohibition forces were augmented by the addition of thousands of men and women who came in protest against the corrupt influences of the saloon in politics the methods it employed became the boomerang they gave the liquor power its final and mortal blow End of chapter ten part two